Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you on this beautiful Friday in November alongside my good buddy Rich Hill to break down a very different looking Patriots Jets rivalry in 2020 alongside all things that will happen in week nine of the NFL. Rich, we're at week nine. We're past the halfway point, And in years past, this conversation would go something along the lines of what needs to happen for the Pats to clinch the AFC East by Thanksgiving. Call me a crazy person, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. <laughs> well, you're throwing in the towel already? You know, no, 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 no. But there's not. they might not win the AFC East by Thanksgiving. That's kind of my, my, my hot take of the day. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that's pretty scorching. Um, but, yeah, no, it's right. I mean, the Patriots are in one of the worst positions we've ever seen them in the Belichick era. This is a team devoid of talent. And, uh, yeah, as you said, we're about to face a Monday night game between the Patriots and the Jets. And I feel like in years past when we talked about Monday night games, we'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe why is this terrible matchup on Monday night? Uh, and that's the Patriots game this this week. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that the Patriots are the bad team. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, but, you know, here we find ourselves. This is the price you pay, I guess, for, for five years, four Super Bowls, and three wins. And just a weird year as it is. But again, that's okay. Should be a, an interesting matchup, to say the least, on Monday night. I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but the, 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 the Monday night football game I remember most clearly from the Pats and Jets is that 45-3 to beatdown back in like 2011. Mm. Maybe we'll see that. I highly doubt it. Uh, but before we break down the Pats Jets game, let's go around the league a little bit, Rich. Rich, it took nine weeks of NFL action before we finally get a <laughs> decent slate of games, but there's actually more than one game happening this Sunday. That I'm excited about. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the one o'clock slate, you got the six and one Seahawks on the road against the six and two Bills. That's because should be a pretty good game. Uh, either it's going to be very competitive, or the Seahawks are going to beat down the Bills, and both of those are great with me. Uh, you have the five and two Ravens on the road against the five and two Colts. The Colts have been a very surprising team to me this year. I, they, they brought in Philip Rivers. I thought that they would be a middling team, but at this point in time, they're they're challenging for the top of the AFC South. Ravens definitely one of the top teams at the wild. Wild card spot so that's going to be a competitive matchup and then uh, a sneaky game that I, I'm not sure if it will be good or not but it's among two teams that could be paper tigers and the five and three bears on the road against the five and two titans titans losers of two straight the the bears uh, you know they back onto Nick Folt they've been just rotating their quarterbacks who knows what's going on with them I don't think they're actually that good but two teams with winning records I think that could be a game where something funky happens and that's just the one o'clock slate Alec 
Yeah, I know we got the Dolphins-Cardinals, which is probably going to be one of the better games of the week. The Cardinals have kind of flown under the radar because they're in the NFC West alongside the Niners and the Seahawks, who've been getting all the attention. But they're a pretty good team. The Dolphins are surprising at 4-3. and three. I think Tua is the guy now. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table as an every-week starter. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be a legit team going forward, but they're one game back, more or less, of the AFC East lead. And with the Bills placing the Seahawks, that could be a, an interesting week for the AFC East. And then, of course, Tommy B hosting Drew Brees on Sunday night. That should be a good game. I know the Saints beat the Buccaneers the first time these two teams play, but I feel like they're two different teams. And I believe, Rich Hill, Sunday night marks the fifth, sixth return of Antonio Brown. Ugh. Ah, it's true. It's true. He, he should be there for the Bucks. Uh, I think their head coach, Bruce Arians, was like, maybe he'll get 10 snaps, maybe he'll get 20. I don't see, think he'll get 60, but who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, he's just going to be integrated right into that Bucks offense. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that game plays out. But I mean, that's the oldest combination of starting quarterbacks in NFL history is the 70-year-old Drew Brees against the 73-year-old Tom Brady. So <laughs> that should be pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is a great slate of games, and it's going to be just perfectly, perfectly capped off with this Monday night slugfest between the powerhouse 2-5 and five Patriots and uh, a, a football team by the New York Jets. I mean, the Jets, we, we witnessed some bad Jets teams in our time watching the Patriots play. I don't want to sit here and say this is the worst Jets team I've ever seen, but they are in contention. <laughs> I will put it that way. I'm going down this Jets roster, and there's either people I've heard of because they used to play for the Patriots practice squad, uh, people I've heard of because they were busts on other teams, people I've heard of because they were toward the very, very back end of their career, and then there's Frank Gore, who I absolutely love. <laughs> great guy. I'll never talk bad about him, but... This is just a, a terrible roster on down, and if the Patriots lose this one, Rich, uh, I don't really know what to say. I mean, if the Patriots lose this one, we're going to sit in silence for about 20 minutes next Tuesday. <laughs> the whole podcast. This. <laughs> uh, and that's all that people should get because, <laughs> that's, uh, man, if you lose to this Jets team this year, I mean, personally, I don't. I think that this Jets team aren't as bad as, like, the 0-16 Lions, the 0-16 Browns, the 1-15 Rams that we've seen in the past, you know, decade and a half. But they're up there. They are, you know, we, we complain about this Patriots offense not having talent. This Jets offense is on a whole different other level. Uh, I just want to run through their top yards gainers this year. Uh, wide receiver Jamison Crowder is their top receiver, and he's only played four games. So he's been injured, had a groin injury. There's a chance he returns against the Patriots. We will see. Um, but he is their leading receiver. He's only played half of their games. Their their number two receiver is one Braxton Berrios. Who you might remember him being on the Patriots practice squad a couple years back. Uh, he has 223 receiving yards, and he's played eight games. So 26 yards per game. He's their number two receiver in terms of targets. That's not great. Uh, you know, I, I would take the Patriots wide receivers talent over taking Braxton Berrios as your number one guy. Uh, and then they have some guy named Jeff Smith who is second on, uh, or I guess second of the active players with 33 targets, uh, and he's been their number two guy. And, uh, man, this is bad. This is really bad. Yeah, I feel really bad for Chris Hogan going from the Patriots to the Jets. I guess he doesn't really care. He's got a couple of rings to his name. He's trying to kind of play out the clock. But, yeah, it, it's very interesting to me. Franchise can be at the bottom of the league and on top of the draft board for so long and have a decent amount of cap space 
and semi-competent front office management and still consistently churn out such an awful product. Uh, I have a lot of Jets fans living in the New York City area, and they've all kind of opted out of this season, and I, I can't really blame them alongside the other players. Them and Dante Hightower are all watching these games from from, from the couch. Um, I, I don't blame them one bit, and I just look at this Patriots offense as much they, as they struggled over the past couple of weeks and as good as they've been at times. I just really don't see them having a lousy game against a Jets defense that I think is one of the worst in the league. Oh, totally. Well, let, let's start with that. Let's start with the Patriots offense against this lousy Jets defense. This Jets defense ranks 28th in points allowed per game, 29th in passing yards allowed across the season. Uh, you know, they've been okay with rushing yards against. They, they rank 10 in yards allowed per carry, but, you know, that's just generally because teams have been able to pass the ball. So why bother running it? Uh, their, their best player on defense is Quinnen Williams, who's their defensive tackle top pick from a couple years ago. So he, he's very good, but he's just one player. Their, their defensive backs should be put uh, you know, to the test with these Patriots receivers. But I'm looking at this, this Jets secondary, right? Looking at them, I like Marcus May. They traded Jamal Adams to the Seahawks, so he's no longer there. They have uh, Pierre Desir at cornerback, Bradley McDougal has been playing a little bit oh my gosh this is this is just such a, a weak <laughs> secondary i have to imagine that the patriots are going to try and use a lot of combination routes try and put some stressors on the secondary to try and get cam newton activated and pr like productive through the air in ways that he hasn't been in recent weeks so would you, you think the strategy against the Jets will be in a Patriots team that has pretty much been the strength of the run and the running game and the, the receiving backs out of the backfield, Cam Newton calling his own number a couple times. That's primarily how they've moved the ball down the field this season. Maybe they pivot away from that, even though it's where they're best at, just to get Cam Newton some more reps, get him comfortable. This is kind of a good game against a quote-unquote JV squad to get some confidence up, practice his roots a little bit, get on the same page as some receivers, and air it out a little more. That, that's your thought process? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even necessarily so much getting him those reps because even though, yes, they absolutely need it, I kind of feel like this is a zig when they zag sort of situation where, yes, the Patriots have been productive on the ground. And I kind of imagine that Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, what they always like to do is run a game plan offense. And when you're playing a team like the Jets with such a weak secondary, you should try and stress them a bit. You know, I, I think that you try to hit Demir Bird on a couple deep plays. You get Jacoby Myers in the middle level, maybe throw it to James White into the flat a little bit. I, I don't think that the, the Jets have good coverage linebackers. And I think you just stress the sidelines. You stress the, the deep parts of the field. And I would expect them to be able to connect a bit. You know, that's asking a lot because the Patriots haven't been able to do that. But I would say that I would much rather them try to hit some of those plays and sure, run the ball here and there. I'm not saying they should abandon it completely. But when you look at who are the best players on this Bills defense, I would say, or sorry, on this Jets defense, I would say uh, you avoid Quinnen Williams when he's on the field and run away from him. Or then you throw the ball uh, to the deeper parts of the field. Look, I'd be all for that. I'd love to see kind of an aerial attack for the Patriots. I mean, I really enjoy the ground game. I like Damien Harris. I like to see him continue to develop. But if we can get 
at least some semblance of a of a rhythmic offense that that comes on the field and, and drives cons- together strings together five six seven eight nine plays for positive yards that'd be a huge step forward you know in a in a somewhat lost season all you're looking to do from this point forward is examine chemistry and see which guys are going to be able to contribute in 2021 as things get back to normal hopefully um and so i mean I, i'm obviously all for that i don't really care as long as i get win i think three and five is much better than two and six for obvious reasons um and I'd hate to lose to this Jets team on Monday night. <laughs> oh, man, would I hate to lose to this Jets team on Monday night. So however they can get there uh, is fine with me. However, Rich, I'll kind of get back to my, I guess, semi-regular question I ask you. Uh, if the Patriots do go passer heavy, not pass heavy, but pass her, pass her heavy, uh, and they limit the run a little bit to expose this weak secondary, uh, will there be more than five Cam Newton-designed runs against the Jets? Oh, I think so. I think so. I think in particular that helps them bolster the play action, which I think they need to utilize. Uh, but just adding those layers of both the play action, the bootlegs, it forces the defense to think a little bit longer. And that should get Jameer Bird open a little bit more. should get Jacoby Myers open a little bit more. And so I'm going to say uh, seven is my guess for design oh, runs for him. That's a decent number. I like that. Uh, I think that there's going to be some decent um, – I'm, I'm so tempted – to once again call a tight end as my X factor, Rich, because this seems like a way to do it, but I don't even know if they're gonna play. I don't I don't know who's healthy, who's not. I have no idea what's going on, so I, I can't really do it. Uh, I'd like to see, along with those Cam Newton design runs, I'd love to see Jacoby Myers continue to get more positive reps. Uh, I think he's due for a big game. I'd love to see just like one deep Newton to Myers connection. I imagine Nikhil Harry probably won't play again this Sunday because he's still in a concussion protocol. He, he missed practice on, on Thursday. Maybe we'll see him today. I, I don't think he'll be much of a factor either way, but a nice deep Newton to, to Myers connection would just make my day. So I have Myers as my X factor, leading receiver for the Patriots. Maybe he hauls in like six for 75 and a touchdown. That'd be awesome to see. That would be. I, that's an interesting question too. I, I think that Bird is going to be the team's leading receiver. Uh, but I think he's going to have like, you know, 55, 60 yards. Um, I, I think that Cam might break 200 on the day. I know I said that I would stress the deep ball. I would stress the passing. I think that he'll hit a few times. I think he'll get bird for a 30 plus yarder. Um, but I, I think that, uh, James White might be more of the engine of moving the ball down the field on certain situations. Um, but I, I think Bird's going to be my leading receiver, and he's going to be my X factor because, you know, the running game will be there, even if uh, I, I think that they should be stressing the passing attack. I think the rushing attack will be there. And I think if Bird is able to take the top off of the Jets once, then the Patriots will be in good good hands because, uh, you know, it might just be a touchdown or two that wins this game because the Jets have the most atrocious offense in the entire league. The Patriots are barely ahead of them. And so if, if you're able to lead a couple scoring drives, thanks to at least one big play by Demir Bird, that could be enough to put them away. Yeah, I mean, good good transition because this offense really is atrocious. Uh, Sam Darnold is banged up. Uh, his backup is Joe Flacco, who Patriots fans know all too well from his time with the Ravens. But Joe Flacco is is well over the hill at this point. I don't think he's really much of a, a factor anymore. Uh, even though at 35, I think he's just his skill sets declined. And other than the legendary Hall of Famer Frank Gore, I will never say a bad word about because I think he's one of the all time great running backs. He's he's 37, 38 years old. There's just nothing on this Jets offense that I don't I would imagine Bill Belichick needs a game plan around stopping. You know, the Patriots have always been take away your best weapon and let them beat you with their third, fourth, fifth guy. 
uh, who's your best weapon? Who, 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 do you, who do you take away if you're Bill Belichick? I was literally just looking at the roster and being like, I don't even know who that would be. Uh, you know, if Jameson Crowder returns, which is a possibility, he's absolutely that top option. You know, if Crowder plays, then absolutely you, you put Stephon Gilmore, if he is available, on him in coverage, and you say, all right, erase him from the game. And then there's no one else. Honestly, I mean, Braxton Berrios as their leading receiver, come on. That's just oh, that's just so bad. Like, I mean, I'm saying all this would be super embarrassing if the Patriots lost and the Jets lit them up. But I just don't <laughs> see the Jets having the skill players in the receiving game to really take advantage of the Patriots' still elite secondary. And so, uh, I mean, I don't know who their top weapon would be. And it might just honestly be their rushing attack because the Patriots have been very weak against the run in recent weeks. Uh, the the Jets' rushing attack, not great. But that's because they usually have been playing from behind, so they haven't had the opportunity to really run the ball as an active part of their game plan. Frank Gore is fine. LaMichael Perrine is fine. The Jets' offensive line, below fine. But, you know, they, they're not going to have Mekki Becton, likely their first-round pick, who's a really good offensive tackle. They're dealing with a lot of injuries on that line. But the Jets' best chance of winning in this game is to run the ball against this Patriots' really soft underbelly. And so, I mean, if I'm the Patriots, I would probably keep, uh, you know, the base defense that they haven't used all year. Uh, by having, I don't even know if you could have as many linebackers, but you have your three defensive linemen I would put out there, uh, Byron Cowart, Lawrence Guy, uh, and Adam Butler. Those would be the guys I would put on the defensive front. I would put out John Simon. I would put out Dietrich Wise. Chase Winovich should be out there. You know, have six guys on that defensive front, and then you could put uh, uh, Juwan Bentley in the middle of that set defense, and you would be good at stopping the run. And I just don't see there being enough talent at receiver for this Jets team to take advantage of the Patriots in one-on-one matchups in the passing game. I, mean, I imagine running the ball is the way to go. You're right. A, because the secondary completely outmatches the pay, uh, the Jets receivers. And B, there's been nothing on any of the game tape over the past month or so that has any indication the Patriots can stop the run in any capacity. Uh, the only thing I'd say is I, I can't imagine Frank Gore is like a 25 touches a game kind of player anymore at 37 years old. Um, you know, he averages about 3.5, 3.6 yards a carry, which is fine. But, you know, he's, he's at the end of his career. And the concern I have is whether or not the Patriots will be able to stop what they haven't been able to stop all year, which is that stretch run. Uh, the runs to the outside, the, the, the zone blocking schemes, which leads me to ask you about why you think Chase Winovich is still not getting as many reps as we all thought he'd get, particularly given his early season standouts. Uh, I feel like he'd be really good at helping to set the edge and stop those runs and prevent those stretch runs from gaining five, six yards on first down, setting up second and short, making it a lot easier to open the playbook up. What's going on there, Rich? What do you think? Honestly, I have no clue. I, I have no clue what's going on. I don't know if he's in the doghouse, if he was benched or anything like that. Um, or, or what the reason is for him to have only be playing five snaps last week. His role has evaporated, and it's not necessarily because the Patriots are you know getting blown out or anything like that. I, I think they uh, need him on the field, to be blunt. I, I don't see that there's been a difference in the type of offenses they've faced over the past three weeks compared to the first four weeks. Um, where his role like was actually present and he is still their best defensive front player. So there has to be something going on. I, I don't know what it is, 
but this he needs to be out there. If he's not out there, the Patriots are making it harder on themselves for no real reason. Uh, reminiscent of you know Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl, where it's like you're just putting yourself in a more difficult situation. I don't know why. I mean, Winovich is just so good, and to sideline him is just so unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I want to make him my defensive X factor. It's kind of like a, a, a drop back linebacker and edge setting edge rusher. Uh, I think that he would be a this is a prime game for him to kind of get back out of the doghouse. But uh, it's tough to make my X factor my X factor if I can't even say he's going to play or not. So uh, maybe I'll just go out on a limb, make him an X factor. Maybe this is kind of a return game. And, uh, you know, he'll have two or three sacks and a couple tackles for a loss and we'll get back into it. Because I feel like if the Patriots can just shore up their defensive line a little bit and stop relying on Jawan Bentley and Adrian Phillips as the linebackers to make the tackles in the second level, they might be able to eke out some games going down the stretch, you know, 17 to 10. Um, But if they can't stop the run, it's going to be a very long season. Oh, I totally agree. I think that's a good one. Um, I mean, I would I would also be remiss not to mention Jets rookie wide receiver Denzel Mims, who's been uh, their leading receiver over the past couple of weeks with regards to snaps. But he's only played two games in his entire career, so that's why I haven't really mentioned him too much. Uh, I, I think that I completely agree with the fact that the Patriots need to focus on stopping the run uh, because this Jets team doesn't really have much else. And so, I mean, when I think of the Patriots' run defense, I'm thinking of Lawrence Guy. I'm thinking of the Patriots' defensive linemen being able to make plays, holding the line of scrimmage. And Guy uh, has been historically that impact player in the defensive front to stop the run, disrupt the plays, and allow the other players to take advantage of their opportunities and make their own plays. And so I I think that Guy is going to be my X factor because I haven't seen him take over a game in a while. And so why not this game against the Jets? Yeah, why not indeed? Uh, But that said... We've kind of come on here in these pregame podcasts and been like, this is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen at all. So uh, maybe you just screwed <laughs> us, Rich. So so thanks a lot. Um, Absolutely. You're well, welcome. I think it's time to get to predictions, unless you got anything else you want to talk about. Um, last week, uh, you had the Patriots winning. I had the Bills winning. That makes it easy. I get to pick first this time. Uh, I feel like every time we pick opposite teams winning, um, it doesn't end well. So maybe we can get the same one this time. I think if the Patriots don't lose, don't win this game, excuse me, um, the problems go way deeper than on the surface in terms of just kind of like overall chemistry and energy and and buying into the system or whatever cliche you want to use. At every single level on the field, from coaching staff all the way down, the Patriots are infinitely more talented than this Jets team. And they are coming off a pretty heartbreaking loss to the Bills. They probably should have won had that fumble not happened. I'm very confident they get in the end zone there and win that one. So if they don't win this one, it harkens to a much deeper problem. And it's time for kind of a fire sale, in my opinion, as much as possible. However, I think it's going to happen. I think the Patriots aren't going to score a lot of points because they aren't built to score a lot of points. But the Jets aren't going to score a lot of points because they're incapable of scoring a lot of points. <laughs> so this is probably going to be like a like a 21-10 to 10 kind of Patriots win. Oh, man, I completely agree. That was the prediction that I had in my pocket as well. Uh, I don't want to fully align with you on that one. That, that was my guess. I, I, I think that the, the Jets team uh, is not good. I, that is a bold statement on my part, <laughs> but they are uh, definitely not good. I, mean, I, I think we saw flashes of the Patriots' potential again last week. You know, I'm not going to say that they were great by any measures, but they were better on offense last week against the Bills than they had been in the previous three weeks. And if not for that Cam Newton fumble, maybe we'd be talking about how the Patriots put up 28 points against a solid Bills team. And this is a very bad Jets team. And so 
I think that this might be a game where the Patriots get things back on track. They force a lot of turnovers on defense against this Jets team, set themselves up with favorable short yard, uh, short field position when they're on offense, so they don't have to lead long extended drives. I think Cam Newton might run into the end zone a time or two against this Jets team. Uh, and, and so I, I'm going to pick the Patriots here. I think that they're going to put up 28 points. I think this will be their strongest offensive performance uh, since they played the Raiders. And I think that the defense is going to find its footing again. Uh, I know they were blown out against the 49ers. It was kind of a head-scratcher. They, were, they were, showed flashes against the Bills, but I think they'll be back to their dominant form against the Jets, uh, and they'll hold them to seven points. So 28-7 to seven Patriots. 28-7 Patriots. All right. Uh, that would be nice. It would kind of be reminiscent of the way it used to be on primetime and the Patriots play the Jets. But uh, who knows? I feel like everyone's shut down because of COVID right now. Teams are closing up shops. So I'm just happy there's a game on. And uh, if the Patriots – again, if the Patriots uh, – let's, let's take a pack. If the Patriots do lose this one, the podcast uh, the next time we do this is just us sitting there in silence, coughing and sniffing <laughs> for 10 minutes, <laughs> then we'll just say goodbye. That's what we'll do. All right, that's a deal. That's right. a deal. Um, and we'll have breakdowns on this game at passpulpit.com. We'll have our follow-up podcast, hopefully verbally, uh, next week. Uh, and until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man. Later, man.